What's going on, Seven Figures Nation? Today's episode of podcast is going to be one that's going to be very pivotal if you're looking to make 2024 your breakthrough year, and that's going to require new strategies, new techniques. And today's guest, Shay Wheat, has you know done this for so many entrepreneurs and business owners. Let me tell you a little bit about her company, Grace and Ease Productions Inc. They support entrepreneurs with event-based marketing and sales strategies so they can build authority, credibility, and visibility in their industry while rapidly scaling their business. They do it through stages, events. There's no better way to build your business. Uh, she's done live events uh, up to 4,000 attendees and collaborated with well-known entrepreneur celebrities like Dr. Oz, Lisa Nichols, Dr. Claire Zamet, Bill Barron, Allison J. Prince, Josh Turner, and many others. Uh, we assist, uh, they assist, that is, uh, speak to sell clients to be highly profitable. Uh, one client generated over $2 million in one virtual live three-day event. Their clients have made tens and millions of dollars in revenue, gaining thousands of new clients and changing the lives of over 29,000 attendees. So, Shay, welcome. Welcome to the show. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S., and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. So we always love to learn a little bit more about your background, what led you to entrepreneurship, were there some key events maybe growing up or as you were getting into the workforce that made you think, ah, you know, maybe entrepreneurship is for me, maybe this independent thing. What were some of the key events in your life that led you to think, you know what, I actually want to be an entrepreneur, business owner and build my own thing? Yeah, um, I like to say I kind of fall into situations like the universe has always got my back and is always presenting things along the way. So growing up, um, I had a dad and a stepdad who both had their own businesses. And so I oh, kind of wow. saw the roller coaster yeah. of yeah. entrepreneurship because <laughs> uh, there's some ups and downs that come along yeah. with it. But I also saw the freedom. I also saw the opportunity. I also saw the things that support who it is that you serve, right? So that kind of outweighed the crazy roller coaster you can kind of go through. But for me, um, that got me into this world of events is, is something kind of interesting. So I was I was speaking on somebody else's stage. It was a multi-speaker event, you know, so you like trade off the microphones yeah. and I was kind of messing around with the guy in front of me who's going to pass me his mic. And I'm like, Hey dude, don't go spitting on my mic. <laughs> he was like, you're funny. Who are you? <laughs> Come to find out he was the head of education for Dr. Oz's nonprofit. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, oh, I just cool. met his sister Saval at Maria Shriver's women's conference when she was the first lady of California. Ah, uh, yes. And then he turned around and looked at me and said, she's best friends with our CEO and we're doing a women's conference. You should help us. And I went, okay. <laughs> so that's kind of how I got started. I was in charge of over 70 speakers and over a hundred volunteers as my first gig as an associate producer. 
And and that was working with Dr. Oz. Is that right? That was or working was, with his nonprofit. Yeah. yeah. His nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's really cool. So you got asked to do that. And, and now you're working a little bit uh, in the event industry. And what were some of your early takeaways or what caught your attention, captivated you to think, you know what, there's, there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of good that can be done with these types of events. Yeah. So I'm like, huh, I've kind of got a knack for this. Um, and you know, you know how we all have the emails that show up and they're like, you know, how to get speaking gigs in your own backyard and we'll help you figure out your business and we'll help you get the leads. And I was like, okay, I'm intrigued. Like, what does this look like to possibly start a business around this? So I went to an event where they showed me over three days how to actually start and grow my business. Mm. And I went, fudge, I'm joining the program. (laughs) You're going all in. I'm going all in. I have the money in the check from the Dr. Oz gig that I just finished. I'm $500 shy for the deposit. I'm not sure how I'm going to have the reoccurring payments happen. But it was just that like gut feeling that you're like, this is my next best step. Like if I don't do this, then what am I going to do? And so I said, yes. And the extra $500 showed up and the reoccurring charges showed up and I started and they turned around and they said, why don't you help me run my event? And then they referred me and they referred me and so on and so forth. And so all of a sudden I had a thriving event production business because I just leaned in and said, okay, if not this, then what? Let's go. I'm all in. That's really fascinating. So you actually join this program and you're working in it. And then they're like, wow, would you like to do some work for us? That's that's how it happened. That's really unique. Like what was it that you think got their attention? Well, so um, I kind of blend uh, the energetic side with the logistics side. So I am what's known as a Reiki master, an energetic healer. And so I was incorporating that piece into it with the logistics. So it's kind of having both sides of the brain working. Because what I find is a lot of entrepreneurs, especially in the sales and enrollment event space, have, have it being transformational. And in order for it to be a transformational room, you have to set the space and container. You have to set the the whole event up so it actually draws people in, that they feel comfortable, that they're allowed to open themselves up in order for that transformation to occur. And so I was able to bring that piece of it into the space like nobody else has seen it before. And that's why they were like, help me, help me, help me. So in other words, like there's a right way to do an event. A lot of different businesses get an idea, oh, we're going to do a a live event or we're going to do a virtual event and Mm -hmm. we're going to hopefully deliver a lot of value to our potential prospects and eventually, you know, have an offer there and turn into this huge money-making momentum building event for their business. But there's a lot of pitfalls and, and issues that can happen there. I can tell you personally, we've We've uh, attended events uh, where they're like, oh, yeah, there's going to be hundreds of people here and you guys are going to do the financing for the event. And we get there, Shay, and the event's a disappointment. And like 30 percent of the people who are supposed to show up actually do show up. I've been to other events where 
They literally have offended the audience. Like they're not going to be able to make an offer. We're definitely not doing financing for that event. And they were like, here, we'll, we'll cover your uh, travel expenses. So what are some of the keys to, you know, maybe some of the don't do this, but do this that you've realized and learned in, in building these successful events over the years? Yeah. Oh, goodness. There, You can definitely lose your shirt if you don't set it oh, up yeah. properly. Oh, yeah. So there are five event fundamentals you need to look at for every event that you do, whether it's a virtual live event, whether you're in studio, whether you're in person. There's five event fundamentals. The first one is your audience and your ticket sales. So who's showing up? Who is the ideal audience? How are you doing the ticket sales? How are they coming to you? What is the ticket map? So we actually support our clients in mapping out where all the tickets are coming. With that, it means we have to actually reverse engineer how this happens. So what is the goal and intention of the event? What is the event promise? What are they walking away with before, whether or not they do business with you? What is that event promise? That's one of the first things. Out of that, where are we leading them? They need to actually match. What I see people doing is like, oh, I'm just going to do this event. And then their marketing and their sales and everything leading up to it has nothing to do with their run a show or their agenda. It has nothing to do with their offer. It's all discombobulated. You start with the end in mind and you kind of reverse engineer it. So if we are making an offer, great. That helps us support and figuring out our run a show. It supports why we're having people show up. It supports what is the event promise. So you need to take an account. Who is it that you're serving? How are you having them show up? And how are you going to continue to nurture them even after the ticket sale? That's another pitfall that I see is they're like, well, we got the ticket. And then they don't talk to them again until they are about to show up, right? So that's the first fundamental. The second one is your run a show. And as I mentioned earlier, it's like, what is it that we're going to be supporting them with? What are we teaching them? What is the 30,000 foot view? And then what pieces of that are we going deeper into? Now, when you're crafting your run of show, you want to make sure that there's an actual arc to it that creates this gap that your offer actually fills that gap. And a lot of people kind of miss that piece of it. So in making sure that it all flows properly, you need to look at your run of show and what is that arc. The third thing is your offer strategy. You need to actually have an offer, <laughs> right? You've probably seen the events out there that like don't have an offer. They don't have a call to action. Oh, yeah. They don't have any type of strategy whatsoever of like, how do we actually move them from where they are to where they need to be? The fourth one would be your support team. There's no way you can do this by yourself or should. All of my clients are visionaries. They need to stay in that part of their genius zone. They should not be worrying about, is the lunch going to be ready? Or are the vendors there? Are the speakers, you know, are the handouts ready to rock and roll? Is the link there? Is the link working? Like you need a support team. So that way you can stay in your zone of genius and really just flow with what's happening in the room and supporting your audience. And then the fifth thing is your budget. You don't know how much you're spending or anticipate to spend. It can get out of hand real quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we, we look at all of these event fundamentals to make sure that your event is going to be profitable. And if it's not, 
then we tweak and adjust it so it actually is profitable. We're not just going to do, you know, throwing spaghetti up against the wall and hope it works. Wow, amazing stuff. So understanding, you know, what's the event promise? What is the attendee actually going to get out of it? I mean, that's a key. I'm actually taking notes all this. And then starting with the end in mind and then understanding your audience and ticket sales, like who are you talking to? And then keeping that communication alive. You don't just sell the ticket, get them signed up and say, cool, we'll see you in like two weeks. Or see, we'll see you in like five weeks. I mean, there's got to be a lot of communication that's building up to the excitement of the event. And then the, everything that you, sh your run of shows, you called it, should leave a gap where your offer fills that gap and takes the client, the prospect attendee from where they're at to where they want to go. And if you don't make an offer, that's just crazy. You have to be making an offer. That's the next step, the evolution of your attendee. And then you should have a support team. If you're the the entrepreneur, the influencer, thought leader, like you, you can't be running the whole show. You're just going to, you can't do it. You have to have a team. And then you better understand your numbers and have budgets there to work with. Because if you don't, you can lose your shirt real fast. You got it. Spot on. <laughs> so so those are some of the key Shay, I I know people, entrepreneurs that were doing really great events before the pandemic. Then the pandemic hit, and then they tried to go back to that same, you know, strategy recipe for success that they had, and it no longer worked. What do you think has changed about events and those that succeed versus fail since the pandemic happened? Yeah. So in pandemic, we had to adjust how we were engaging with the audience. And so we ended up installing a number of different types of studios, whether it was studios in their own homes or it was actual physical studios. But when you're in a virtual situation, you need to break down the, I don't know if it's the third or the fourth wall, pretty much you have to bring them into the experience. So how are you, how are you competing? You're not competing with other events. You're competing with Netflix. You're competing with you know, yeah. the movies, because they're watching it on their TV screen or their computer screen, and you're keeping them with you for eight hours over three days. How do you keep them there? You have to incorporate movement and multiple sets. You have to be switching the, the video feed and going from here to here to behind to bringing people up to all of these different pieces. You have to have, frankly, better content. You have to, instead of doing really super long things where you're just teaching content, you have to put them into breakout session rooms and you have to get them talking and you have to make sure that they are having like kind of a flow to look at would be content and then have them do something interactive, whether it be writing an exercise or a visualization or meditation or something, putting them into a breakout room and then having them come back and share as a community. You wanna utilize the chat. You wanna make it so you're actually having a full-on conversation with the people in the room. So that's no, no the question. piece on virtual, yeah. Yeah, wow, really fascinating stuff. And and I think for, you know, as the entrepreneur, you're trying, one of the skills that is super helpful that you learn is the ability to be able to speak, the ability to be able to make those offers. 
And the key that uh, if you ever watch someone like a Tony Robbins and some of the best speakers out there is exactly what you're telling. You're getting them to engage. If it's a virtual workshop, you're engaging them in the chat box and having them participate and asking them questions and getting yeses and nos and 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 you know just that engagement and and sharing and then if it's a live thing same thing like you'll see tony robbins everyone who, who's been there raise your hand and say i right like they all have these uh abilities these unique ways that they engage with the audience whether it's virtual whether it's in person and so if you don't have that engagement you're in real trouble and and the the breakout sessions those are great because then they can really unpack what they're learning and how they're going to implement it in their own life and business in a smaller group session. So that's that's ingenious. So for everybody listening, and, and we work with obviously a, a lot of coaches, a lot of uh, you know folks who are looking to take their, their business to the next level, and they've looked at doing events and it probably scares them to death a little bit. And they're trying to figure out, Shay, well, should I do a live event or a virtual event? There's pros and cons to both. What what do you uh, advise when looking at a virtual versus a live type event? Yeah. So I would take a look at, um, first of all, your audience. So yeah. I have a yeah. client that works with medical doctors, that works with osteopathic or um, orthopedic, excuse me, doctors. And knowing orthopedic doctors, they're not going to engage with you the way that you want them to virtually you have to get them out of their practice you have mm. to physically get them to come to the event so you have their undivided attention because these are people that are going non-stop they're going you know probably 12 15 hour days wow. and they have their team coming at them all the time and they have surgeries all of the time so you physically have to remove them from their normal everyday life and put them in a situation where you can really support them, right? So one, it would be taking a look at your audience. Um, also, you want to say, you know, if you're supporting uh, coaches that are just brand new to the world of business and you, your audience, your current email list is all over the world, well, maybe it makes more sense to go ahead and do a virtual event. And then you're wanting to take a look at the time zones and what fits most. So really it's taking a look at, who are your people? If you've got divorced moms who are dating again, um, as your clientele, you're probably not going to necessarily look at the summer as a time for when you're you know, going to do your event because they'll have their kids in the summer and the kids won't be at school, right? So you want to see where is your audience at and what is going to best support them in actually showing up to your event. That's going to be one of the biggest pieces. I'm hearing this over and over, Shay, that you're you're talking about knowing who your customer is, knowing who your dream client is, how you can shape them, serve them, what are their needs, and building an event that's customized around that. And who they are and where they're at in life and business will determine whether it's best to do a live event, event or a virtual event. And I'm sure in, in some cases, you, you probably recommend doing both. Uh, obviously, with a virtual event, there are some lower risks typically, right? Because maybe with a virtual event, you don't have to spend money on a venue. You don't have to spend money on all the technology, all of the travel. And so there, there's that uh, benefit there with a virtual event. Is it uh, is it best maybe 
for to consider doing now obviously you've got to know know your audience right you got to know your client if if your client is that orthopedic surgeon well the virtual event's just a waste of time they have to be there live um but for a lot of people is it recommended to maybe start out with the lower risk virtual event or, or what do you what do you advise yeah. typically uh, and how often do you have attend or uh, you know a dream client that really just has to be there live yeah, well, I think the, the second piece is taking a look at your run of show. So we just supported okay. one of our clients that helps to like rewire their brain. And it it's very, very experiential. Um, you have to like physically be in the room to really have the transformational work occur. Now, this particular event, we ended up doing it hybrid just to see what it would oh, look like. Okay. Right. And, and in a sense, you know, the ones in the room got more attention. They got more of the breakthroughs now still crazy, awesome results on the virtual side. And we absolutely engaged them, but it, there was a bit of a, a little bit of FOMO going on because they wanted to be in person and, and have the energy in the space of everybody around you because, the event doesn't just end when your event ends that day. It continues on. There's things happening at the bar. There's things happening at the restaurant. There's oh, things, yeah. you know, There's occurring yeah. beyond the nine to five or, you know, however long your event actually is. So uh, the next piece would be taking a look at your run of show and how experiential is it? And do you physically need them in the space for that transformation to occur? If you're doing a business event, Absolutely. You can do that virtually because we're going through certain fundamentals of how they need to grow and scale their business. And you don't necessarily need to be in person for that experience to happen. So I think that comes into play with it. But if you're just starting out, I would highly recommend looking at a virtual event because you're right. You don't have the crazy hotel bills and the food and beverage minimum and the hotel room mm -hmm. block and right. I tell you what, right now we do some negotiations for hotels in order to get some some concessions and things for our clients. But if you don't know what to ask for, they're going to charge you an arm and a leg for it. Oh, yeah. And they're going to ask for as much as they possibly can because they lost so much money during the pandemic and they haven't totally brought all of their uh, staff back on board even now. So you want to keep that in mind if you are looking to be in person to have somebody on your behalf do those negotiations for you because it's going to get pricey otherwise. You know, it's a really good segue into our, our next segment here, Shay, because at the end of the day, as with any aspect of business and life, there's kind of two ways you can do it. You can DIY it and hope you can figure it out and hope that you can reinvent the wheel or you can find someone who already has a recipe for success like you clearly do, who has a roadmap and a framework that leads to the results and the outcomes that you want and quite frankly need if you're going to take the risk of, of doing a virtual or a live event. So what are the options and, and how can somebody who's looking to incorporate events, whether virtual or live, into their business, how can they connect up with you and what is the process that you would take them through to see if it would be a good fit to do that? Yeah, absolutely. So we are on all of the social medias, either under Grace and Ease Productions, online graceandeaseproductions.com or Shea Wheat. Uh, but what I would suggest is 
if you're really considering looking at events as your next best step, um, I would have you take a look at uh, a free gift that I have for your audience, which is highprofitevents.com. Uh, so after, you know, more than a decade of producing high profit events for clients just across all industries, we've really learned that there's four power plays to really maximize your event based marketing and your sales strategy. So the first place to start is, and it's the question I get the most is how do I increase my audience and how do I sell more tickets and how do I yeah. get them to show up and all of those kinds of details. So that would be the first place I would suggest you go and the power play is the increase your audience piece and going through, you know, what is the attendee in the sales tracker and giving you a simple ticket map to take a look at that and start there. Um, from there, you'll move into, you know, how do you increase your sales revenue and find more income streams because then you've got sponsors and you've got guest speakers and right. like all kinds of things you can add into it. If you're super brand new, we don't want you starting there. <laughs> and then, you know, we also want to take a look at reducing your event costs. So that would be my suggestion is go to high profit events with an S.com and start there on how do you increase your audience and you know, on the social medias everywhere. I'm also adding all kinds of details of what's working, what's not working right now in the industry because it is constantly changing. Outstanding. As you all know, Seven Figures Nation, this is not a passive podcast. This is a podcast for action takers, people that make shit happen. And so make sure you go to highprofitevents.com. That's highprofitevents.com. There's an entire high profit event play playbook and blueprint right there that you can download and just some amazing resources, tools, and topics there to help you start looking at creating a virtual and a live workshop event. So make sure you go to highprofitevents.com. I'm curious, Shay, you talked about having guest speakers, and that's something that you see sometimes. You'll see someone like maybe an Ed Milet or you know someone who's a, got a big audience and you, you know, a Damon John or whoever, you, you can uh, pay them to be a guest speaker. They fly in, speak for an hour, something like that. Um, what are the factors that you should consider? Because obviously they're not flying in for free. Nope. And those can be some some pretty big uh, investments that you might, might be making. But there's a lot of pros, too, because it might help you build your audience. What are your thoughts on some of those guest speakers and bringing in like a keynote like that? Yeah, yeah, we we've had uh, our clients bring in those big guest speakers and you know the Gary V's and everything else right, because right, it right, yeah. it does it supports you in growing the event and the audience wants to show up and hear the guest speaker talk. Um, right. So yes, that's one way to build your audience, but you want to be strategic with it. Exactly. So how how are you utilizing that amazing guest speaker to support it? So what are your ticket costs? You don't necessarily want to be doing a free event and having a Gary V show up. Mm -hmm. like, how no are you way. going to pay for it? <laughs> right? So we want to make sure that we are looking at the budget numbers, right? Number five of those event fundamentals of how do we pay for it? Are we having it come through ticket sales? Are we having it come through sponsorship? What are the goals? What are the other ways that you plan on filling the event through your ticket map? So that way you you have it set up to the point where before you go into your event, you are at least flush or almost flush or beyond with all of the expenses pre-event. And then anything mm -hmm. you make on the back end is, you know, 
all the sprinkles, right? So pros and cons to it. If you're super new and starting out, I don't recommend um, you you have it just because it's pricey. And you're going to have AV team and you're going to, especially if you're virtual, you're going to have an AV team. You might have a a production support person like me that's leading your team at a minimum. And, you know, you want to make sure that you have that solid, have a couple of events under your belt, and then look at utilizing somebody like a keynote speaker to come in and then scale and leverage that part of your event. How important is it to record your event, have someone there, the great cameras, and be recording all of it and, and getting some awesome pictures like I've seen people that actually will put on a great event and actually not do that. And it seems like there's a lot of regret after they realize, oh, I should have been recording this. Yes, we want to repurpose everything, <laughs> right? So even during the event, having teams set up where they're doing a recap of day one that we show on day two, and then we also mm. show on social media to create the buzz to then sell tickets for the next event, right? You are going to be saying amazing things during the event that somebody can then go ahead and take snippets of and repurpose on all of your social media. So if you just say, you know, one key phrase, bam, that's all over your social media. So you're taking content pieces and repurposing it a good 10 times or more all over social. So you in one three-day event could have your entire social for the rest of the year. Mm. Outstanding, everybody. Well, I feel like I just uh, got a masterclass in how to create and run a profitable event. And there's just no question about it. There's something special when you have a virtual and especially a live event where you can connect and create true believers in your business and serve people at the highest level when you do that. And so it's definitely something that you need to look into highprofitevents.com and you can connect with Shay and her team and dig into this and unpack it. And and certainly I would recommend in all aspects of business, not trying to reinvent any wheel, but who can help you, not how can you do it, who can help you. And there's no doubt about it that Shay and her team can be an asset to making that happen. We've seen it happen time and time again. Shay, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.